we are going to interrupt our Psalms study for an episode I'm going to replay that I recorded last October because it's something that is very prevalent in our culture, our American culture right now. And it's this idea of binding and loosing and what we permit and what we allow the enemy to do. And this is a previously recorded episode, but I'm placing it here in this rotation because I don't want to let the opportunity go where this is October, it's a conversation that people are having, and I'm praying that this episode will be a blessing to you. And as people are having these kinds of conversations this time of year, perhaps it's something that will bless you and give you some tools that you need to fight some things in the spiritual. So I'm looking forward to your feedback on this episode and I pray it blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Thanks for joining me for another week. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of binding and loosing. And if you're not familiar with that, that's part of the reason why I'm doing this. Um, I've really been praying about the direction that we want to take for the next couple weeks and couple months, actually, for the podcast. But this is something that's been coming up kind of both in my own personal life and then in the lives of the people that I minister to and work with. And because it's October, I thought this would be a good time of the year to address some of this stuff. So if you're not familiar, binding and loosing is from a scripture from Matthew 16, 19. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That's from the New American Standard Version. That's what a lot of uh, different Bibles say, but I'm going to read it for you in the New Living Translation. 
It says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So this topic of binding and loosing, or as the New Living says, uh, forbidding and permitting. Uh, forbidding and permitting in terms of our spiritual lives. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And because it is October, just automatically, actually, I think back in June, I started seeing things for Halloween. And a lot of people do think that Halloween is just a fun opportunity to get candy and that kind of thing. And as believers, um, I never shy away from Halloween because I think that we we are called as believers to take the light into the darkness and not to run away from the darkness. So I, in the past, have done different events like Trunk or Treat or um, Light the Night or different outreach events around Halloween time um, to help share the gospel because I'm a firm believer that uh, the enemy doesn't get even one of my days or my nights. However, there's, there's, because of that, because, um, Halloween has become a a fun holiday of trick-or-treating and candy and kids and costumes, I think people don't realize how much power there is in kind of the darkness of the season, not just, you know, in October, but all year long. And so, um, I wanted to kind of start talking about, really just the demonic and witchcraft because I think it's something that people really, number one, don't recognize that it's going on in their lives, or number two, if they do recognize it, they feel powerless against it. Um, As you know, we have just finished up a series talking about uh, church hurt, emotional abuse, narcissism, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And while we did look at some of the psychological aspects of that and the trauma and those kinds of things, I don't want to neglect the fact that there definitely is an evil component. Whether that is the way the enemy has allowed things to happen or the way he uses things or sometimes even orchestrates things, I don't want to ignore that fact because there is a very powerful element at play. But just because it's powerful doesn't mean that we have to succumb to it. As believers, we have the authority through Jesus to to overcome that. And I think that's really what I want to spend some time on today. Um, you know, in my own experience, um, I have had several, uh, m- well, multiple experiences with the demonic. And I thought it would be helpful to share some of them because we're going to talk about some different kinds of experiences and how we can combat them, the scripture around them, uh, how to pray against them. But I thought it'd be helpful to kind of share some of my own experiences. Uh, This time of year, what a lot of people will talk about is, you know, ghosts and this debate, are ghosts real? Are they not? That kind of thing. And, um, you know, when I first moved into a house, not this house that we live in now, but our previous house. One of my daughters was about three or four and my, I, and I had a baby at the time. And I remember working at the new house and I was scraping wallpaper. I was at the house alone. I was scraping wallpaper. It was like this old hideous wallpaper I was getting off the walls. And as I was scraping this wallpaper, I heard a baby crying and I thought, Oh, that's weird. Uh, my husband, Tim must have brought the baby over and Um, I went out and I went downstairs and there was nobody else in the house. 
And I thought, oh, that's weird. But I was also like kind of postpartum. I had um, had a newborn, wasn't sleeping well, thought, okay, well, my mind's playing tricks on me. I'm, you know, so I'm tired. I'm hearing my baby. I'm hearing the baby even when she's not crying kind of thing. And I didn't pay too much a close, close attention. And I just kind of went about my day. I went home that night and uh, my husband and I were talking about it because we, because our kids were little, we were taking turns. We lived in an apartment and we had bought a house. So we were getting the, the new house ready to move into. But because we had little kids, we were taking turns going over there. We weren't really over there at the same time. And so I, you know, got cleaned up and I sat down and I was just discussing it with my husband. I said, I must be really, really tired. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I was scraping the wallpaper today and I swore I thought you brought the kids over because I heard a baby crying. And his face just kind of went blank. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, the same thing happened to me. He said, I was over there doing drywall and I thought for sure you brought the kids here. And I was going to, I was actually kind of angry because I thought, why would she bring the kids? She knows there's drywall dust and everything. It's not good for them. And there was, you weren't here. I thought you were outside and, and, and you weren't there. And I thought, oh, that, that's weird. And so we both kind of thought, okay, again, like thinking we're crazy or we're sleep deprived or the baby was crying so much. We just heard it, you know, nonstop as new parents. Sometimes you just, you know, lack of sleep and stuff does funny things to your brain. And so I, you know, of course we had that moment and thought, okay, well, that's really weird. But then, you know, didn't, didn't bring it up again. So the following week, my oldest daughter, my three-year-old and I were over there and maybe she was four or five. I don't know. Anyway, she was there with me. And again, I'm scraping wallpaper in the hall and I go downstairs into the kitchen and I'm starting to get some mac and cheese or something ready so we can eat. And my husband had taken, um, the baby up to my in-laws to visit and, and my daughter comes down the stairs and she said, Oh, is dad back? And I said, no, why? And she said, Oh, I thought I heard the baby crying. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we're leaving. So we left and I called my husband. And I said, we're not going back there until we get some, some people to, uh, come pray. And actually that Sunday we went to church. Um, this is not a church that we go to now. It was a long time ago, but we went to church and I approached one of the pastors and I said, Hey, I'm having this problem. Could you come over and pray? And, um, it was one of the female pastors and she just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And she's like, um, yeah, let's talk to my husband about that. So, I brought it up to her husband and I said, you know, this is what's happening. Would you be able to come over and pray? And he said, let me get back to you. And then I asked one other pastor of that church. I had a lot of pastors there. And he said, uh, let me get back to you. And despite a couple phone calls, three in-person conversations, nobody would come over to pray over my house. And I mean, we had spent a lot of money and there was no way that I was not going to live in the house, but obviously there's something going on. So what ended up happening is, is I called a bunch of diff different Christian friends, um, a friend of mine whose dad was a pastor, an elder that went to a different church, different things like that. They all came over and, um, they, along with us prayed over the whole house. So we prayed over the whole house and it never came back. It was, it was nothing happened. And um, I thought, you know, people would say, oh, it's a ghost or, or whatever. And a close friend of mine said, that was not a ghost. That was a demon. And I said, well, I never heard of a demon being a baby. That was a baby's cry. And they said, well, you own a daycare. And the way that demons work is they will come as a familiar spirit, whatever has the best chances of you not kicking them out. And so for you, you have a baby, you own a daycare, you love babies. 
if it's a baby, you're going to feel compassion on it. And you're, you're not going to, you're not going to kick a baby out, out the house. You're not going to kick a, a, a demon out of the house that comes as a baby. And that was the first interaction or idea of this familiar spirit. And that's actually what one of the, the past, the pastor that had come, he said that that's a familiar spirit. And so, man, I thought, okay, number one, how dare you? Because the enemy is so crafty that he personalizes his attacks against us. But number two, to prey on um, the idea of an innocent child needing help, um, it's just a counterfeit. And I got angry. I really got angry. And, um, of course, started praying all sorts of worship music. And, you know, of course, we had prayed over the house and stuff. But that really opened my eyes. It was the first time. It was before I had ever traveled internationally. It was before I had really kind of done a lot of work in, in um, the gifts of the Spirit and, and understood things like that. And it was really the first time I had ever come across something like that. But I thought, man, how many times do we just excuse something as like a friendly ghost. I mean, there's even a movie about it, Casper the Friendly Ghost. And of course, we have friendly ghosts all over the place for Halloween time, this time of year. And so I guess I want to address that because, um, you know, people might come at me, um, but, you know, there is no such thing as friendly ghosts. In fact, there are no ghosts. Um, the, the, the spirit world, there's no, there's no grandmas coming back to visit us. And I know that's harsh to say, um, but you have to, you have to understand where I'm coming from. Biblically, the moment that we die, if we are believers, we are present with Jesus. If we are not believers, we go to hell. There's no in between. There's no lingering. And the demons that walk the face of this earth portray themselves in such a way that you allow them to stay because they don't have authority in this realm. Um, through Christ, you have authority over them. And if you allow them to stay, they will. If you allow them to manifest, they will. But that doesn't always mean that right away it's going to feel evil or dark. If it felt evil or dark, well, you would get rid of it right away. But if it feels like grandma, you're going to let it stick around. And I know that that's not, it's, it's not popular. And probably a lot of you are going to be mad at me for saying that. But I'm I'm saying that so you understand what we're working with here. And, you know, scripture talks about how the enemy is prowling around like a lion to devour you. And when he has his agents, demons that are um, in the midst of you, that affects your health. It affects your finances. It affects your thought patterns. It affects your behavior. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous to allow these things to stay. I remember um, the, one of the first times I had gone internationally and I had been working in um, an African country. Uh, there's so much of a different mindset in some of the impoverished nations, especially the ones that come from more animistic cultures where they have um, different beliefs about different gods and tribal beliefs, things like that. And in this particular area that we were working in, um, we had been ministering all week. And at the end of the week, we were going to have like a worship outdoor service. And because there's so many people, you can never do anything indoors. So we were going to do this outdoor service. And I remember heading up to um, the front area where the stage was going to be uh, for the worship. And they said to me, um, the leaders that were there at the time, they said, um, your job tonight is to cast out demons. And I was like, what? What? 
And they said, your job tonight is this whole team. Your job is to cast out demons. And I said, I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I came to work with the kids and I came to do, uh, bubbles and Bible stories and puppets and, uh, singing. I, I don't, I, I don't know how to do that. Of course I had been Christian a long time. Um, I knew that demons existed. I knew of course there's evil and, you know, for everything that is real about God, there's a counterfeit from the enemy. I knew all that intellectually. Um, I had never seen it. I had never experienced it. I'd never been exposed to it. And so at the end of that evening, um, of course there was worship and, um, during the worship, what we found was, and again, this was a very animistic, uh, witchcraft type culture. Um, during the worship, it, it caused a spiritual atmosphere where the demonic people, the people that, you know, carried demons with them started to manifest. And I'm telling you, I had never seen anything like that, even, even on TV in my whole life. And, um, the African culture, because we were in a very rural area, they figured, well, if this team from America came all the way here, they're here to, they got, they got, you know, a job to do. So they literally picked the people that were manifesting demons. They picked them up and they threw them onto the stage. And at this point we have a team of like 12 to 15 and the whole stage is covered, uh, probably 20 people that are writhing around I mean, like what you would see in the movies, eyes rolling in the back of the head, you know, unnatural body movements, like all sorts of chaos and crazy stuff. And so they look at us and they say, okay, start casting out demons. And I'm like, I, I never, I never seen anything like this before in my whole life. And then, and I've, and honestly, at first I, I started to feel some fear and I was like, I didn't, I'm this, I'm not the person for this. And the Holy Spirit immediately spoke into my, my spirit and said, perfect love casts out fear. And I was like, okay. And in that moment I had peace. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything that was going to happen. I didn't know what to expect, but I had peace. And so a friend of mine and I just kind of looked at each other again, none of us really had any experience with this kind of thing. And so we walked over to this woman who was rolling around on the ground and I just put my hand on her shoulder and I started praying for her. And as I started praying for her, it was like she looked at me and then her eyes rolled back in her head and she started to growl. And this was not like a fake TV kind of thing. This was like a, this was otherworldly. And things that were happening to her body that I cannot even explain, like bending backwards and all sorts of chaos. And so as we're praying, it's kind of like, like almost like you took a curtain and, and pulled it down. And then, and then she kind of came around and I asked her if she wanted freedom and she said, yes. And I said, I want you to confess the name of Jesus. And she just looked at me and she spoke English. And I said, I want you to say the name of Jesus. And then she looked at me and she went to open her mouth. And as she opened her mouth, she started growling. This whole other voice came out of her. And I'm not even going to repeat for you because it was creepy what what it sounded like or what she said. But I was like, okay, so we're not done. (laughs) And so my friend and I, we took turns praying over her. Seven times that happened. She had seven demons come out of her. And, And each time 
it happened, there was a physical release of her body and we saw it leave her body. Like we saw her go from tense and rigid and uh, growling kind of, um, to just complete re relaxed and, um, almost paralyzed, like, you know, pa passed out kind of mentality. And she would kind of come to again and I would ask her to confess the name of Jesus. And then this whole process would start over. It took quite a while. Um, and so sometimes you'll hear that people will say, okay, if you're going to cast a demon out of somebody, it's immediate. You, you pray over them and, um, you have the authority to, to command it immediately. I'm telling you from personal experience, that's not what happened. And, in my experience, the couple times I've had to deal with this, both in the States and out of the States, that's not what happened. Um, it was, it was a long process. It took the better part of, you know, several hours because there was seven, seven, seven demons or seven sets of demons. I don't know what you want to call it. Seven times that happened. But at the end, she confessed Jesus. She asked me, she said, I, I want Jesus. I, I want him. And so she came to faith in Christ. And not only did she come to faith in Christ, she also also got filled with the spirit. And we saw, we had a completely different woman on our hands. I actually have pictures of her on some of my old social media when I went back a couple years later and was able to connect with her. Um, and she's doing amazing now, but she is a completely different person than what we saw at the beginning of the night. And she had been plagued by this demonic activity in her life. She had been part of um, uh, the family of the witch doctors in, in that village and um, just so much, so much chaos. And I, I, I was really shocked. Like, and so the whole night, things like this, different members of our team are dealing with different issues like this. Um, and so the next morning after my shock kind of wore off, I said to one of the African pastors, I said, I have never experienced anything like that in my life. I didn't even know that existed. Like, of course you see the movies and you hear stories, but I did not think anything like that existed. And he said, that's because in America, you don't have demons, you have issues. Let me repeat that again. He said, in America, you don't have demons, you have issues. And most of the time you medicate the issues. And I thought, oh man, he's not wrong. And now listen, I'm not saying that every issue that we have is a demon, but I'm not saying that every issue we have is not a demon. And I think sometimes, especially in these lingering issues and these lingering generational things that we have to address things spiritually. So we we took this whole um, this whole podcast. We talked about tools of, um, for our physical bodies and emotional tools and all these healing things. If we don't address the spiritual things, the demonic things, if we don't bind the things that the enemy has used to keep us bound, if we continue to allow them to be there, it's not going to go away because we've given them we've given him the authority to operate in our lives. And just because we're a believer doesn't mean that the enemy can't, it's not possession, it's called oppression. The, it doesn't mean the enemy can't affect our lives. He only can though, this is the important part. The only time he can is when we allow him to and we give him permission to. So, um, when people think, oh yeah, grandma has visited me and, you know, she's watching over me and I'm getting these signs or, you know, whatever it is, that's a demon. And, and when you allow that crap to stay in your life, there are consequences. This week I had heard this statement and they said, the highest form of witchcraft the most powerful form of witchcraft is telling the truth untruthfully. 
the most powerful form of witchcraft. This is from somebody that used to be high up, like in the witchcraft religion. The highest form of witchcraft is telling the truth untruthfully. And I thought, when I heard that, I thought, man, there's a lot of witchcraft going on in the church. I'm biting my finger right now, if you could see me. There's a lot of witchcraft going on in the church, and we allow it. We don't kick it out. And I'm not saying my church. I'm not saying your church. I'm saying the church. When we're looking at narcissism in the church, when we're looking at these power and control issues, when we're looking at abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, abuse that's happening in the church within the body of Christ, there's a lot of witchcraft. We got to stop it. One other thing, and then we're going to get to some scripture. Um, I had experienced, after I came back from one of my trips, we were working towards um, an adoption. And if you've not heard my adoption story, there's a really good um, podcast interview I did with Kristen Klaus. I'll see if I can share it. But if not, you can just look up Kristen Klaus. She has a, her most recent episode is um, where I shared a little bit about my adoption story. We were working on a adoption for an international adoption and it's a very very long story but what ended up happening was is I you know of course don't live in Africa I live here and I was in my living room again this is at my old house I was in my living room and as I was praying I was praying for this little guy and I was praying for the circumstances I really I spent the whole afternoon in worship and in prayer so probably like two hours just worshiping praying worshiping praying and I kind of was taking a little break and I noticed that the garbage was starting to get pretty full and started to smell a little bit. So I gathered up the garbage and I opened up my front door and I stepped out my front door to, to put the garbage out on the front stoop so my husband would see it. And as I stepped out of my house, like a foot out of my house, I heard the loudest, most ferocious growl I've ever heard in my life. Mind you, we have no animals. We kind of live in the woods. But, like, between me and the door to my house, the, the, in that foot of space, the loudest, most ferocious growl I've ever heard in my life, to the point where I thought that at ear level, there would have been a wolf or a dog or a bear, or I thought it was getting going to get maimed by some wild animal that was attacking me from the bushes. And as I turned around, there was nothing there. Now, I'm not crazy. I'm absolutely not crazy. There literally, I heard it in an audible sound, literally was a ferocious attacking growl. I stepped back into my house and I thought, you know, when those pastors were here, we prayed over the house and we anointed the house, but we didn't do the property. So that second, I went and I got the olive oil and I went and I walked around the house and I anointed every single spot of our property. I took authority, spiritual authority over my property and kicked that thing out. And I never had a problem again. The moment we bought this house, the first thing we did, we took the oil, we walked the property, we walked the house, we anointed everything, and we took spiritual authority. Now, if you've never done that before, I'm going to put on my website a sample prayer. This is not something you just read. It's just a, and read out loud because it needs to be done with um, a measure of personalization because it's going to be personal to you and to your family. But I'm going to put a, a, a prayer that you can pray 
to anoint your house, to to bind anything that the the enemy has has been there with, and to loose the Holy Spirit to place a hedge of protection around you and your family. Um, beyond that, I think it's also important to bind and loose things in our lives, and so these familiar spirits, whether it comes through. Um, you seeking out witchcraft. Sometimes people go to mediums and things like that. Or maybe it's something that was already there that, that just kind of stuck around. Or maybe there's some really sincere sin in your life that has been a door for the enemy to take hold and take root in your life. Um, it doesn't really matter what it is. What does matter is that as believers, God has given us the power and the authority through Jesus to kick those things out of our lives. And so um, I will give you a sample prayer and I'm going to pray for you now too, but I want you to start thinking about binding and loosing the things that that are in your lives and um, recognizing that there is a spiritual component to some of the things that we're going through that even if you can't see or understand, you can pray this in a way that takes care of it. Even if it's not, I, I kind of feel like even if something is kind of going a little wonky and I can't quite put my finger on it, I will pray binding and loosing prayers because you know what? It doesn't hurt anything. And nine times out of 10, it resolves because, um, there's a book called this present darkness by Frank Peretti. It's an older book. If you read that, it is a very clear idea of how the enemy, um, plants, things in our lives that we allow and we tolerate and we don't even realize and how it controls our lives. It's a, it's a fiction book, but it's, um, it's really eye-opening if you ever want to read that. But I will put a, a sample prayer on my website for you to um, pray over your house. And um, we did it with my kids um, we to help them feel you know, and understand and learn how they have authority as believers. And, um, I just want to remind you that even though this can feel scary, it can feel overwhelming, especially if you haven't experienced it before. Um, we have authority because of Jesus, because of who Jesus is. He has given us the authority to forbid things like this from coming in our lives. And so I want to pray over you. If you have questions, and you probably will, if you have questions, you can reach out to me, Rachel at shehears.org. And I, I will, try to address them. And, um, let me know if this is something you want me to spend a little bit more time on. Um, you know, there are 16, um, biblically named demonic spirits that I was thinking about going through. Um, the familiar spirit is just one aspect of it. Um, I was thinking about going through and just kind of helping you understand that. Um, and that might just be another resource that I put on my website too, for you to kind of review and and share. So you can see, um, but I want to serve you. I want to serve you in a way that is beneficial and helpful to you. And this is something that's been super beneficial and helpful in my own life. And I want you to live free, um, free from the ways of the enemy is going to try to keep you bound in, in emotions, physically, spiritually, in all aspects. So, um, let's pray. And then if you have questions, go ahead and reach out to me this week. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my friend that's listening today. God, I thank you that, um, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. That that you have the power over the enemy and over darkness and over his power in our lives. So, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against any principality, any darkness, any, any demon, anything 
that the enemy has tried to do in the life of my friend that's listening today. I bind that in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, I loose your Holy Spirit to have free reign and control over our lives, over our hearts, over our minds, over our spaces, over our families. Lord God, I pray that your tangible, real presence would make itself known in a way that draws my friend closer to you. Lord, I thank you for your spirit, that there's no distance, that you can work beyond time, beyond space, beyond um, country, no matter where they are right now, that you're they're not so far that you can't reach them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's no matter no matter where we go, that you are there. I thank you that you will never leave us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, have a great week. We'll talk again next week. Hey, friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.